0: Welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a little remind you minds, if you're enjoying us, uh, recommend us to your friends, your fam, your colleagues, the... I don't know, friendly neighborhood person. (laughs) I don't know who's (laughs) in your life. Uh, And feel free to write us a review on Apple Podcasts. An example of one that we enjoyed was from Lucy Goose, uh, who says, Necessary listening. Smart, honest, direct discussions of topics we're already thinking and talking about. It's comforting to hear voices like these approaching events and ideas from a forward-thinking intersectional place. And, of course, follow us on the Instagram and the Twitter and the Facebook. We are FWM Podcast on Twitter, and I believe on Instagram are Feminists Without Mystique, and FWM Podcast, it's a very different vibe.
1: <laughs> it is. It's, Thanks to the listener who pointed that out for us. Yeah. It's like Christian vibes, which is, like, cool. Totally fine. Not, just not Totally fine. Totally fine.
0: But we're not a, a Christian pod, um, so... No, I'm sorry, But if you're interested, check out FWM Podcast. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I think what right before we started recording, you were like, somehow Mitch McConnell comes up as he does because he's awful. And you were like, get a chin. <laughs> How I
0: feel. <laughs> Normally not into like face shaming, but he's just, I don't know. It feels like he's decayed because of his, who he is, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's not like, oh, he's ugly. It's like you have... Yeah, you've Horcrux is out. Your soul is missing in action. <laughs> and I don't know, his chin is hiding somewhere with a piece of his soul inside it.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah. That's just how I feel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's accurate. I that's feel just my thoughts. <laughs> I feel very similarly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, today we're sort of diverging a bit. We're. Uh, We're just exploring some life stuff,
0: right? Exploring. Exploring life. Yeah. Exploring Um, might not be the right word at all.
1: We're exploring. We're we're going a little
0: exploration, a little deep dive uh, into the the mess pit. Um, Yeah. So we're recording um, a day later than we normally do because life, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a wild, it's a wild whirlwind um specifically my life <laughs> it's a hot fucking mess um well it's not a hot there there are good things too it's just many things are at a at a head right now um so i'm a little over 5 months pregnant which is we had the ultrasound the other day and it was good and that was great it was yeah. a good day and then the next day happened um we're <laughs> i work full time like most humans and it's a very busy role in the health department working with like COVID outbreaks and stuff and um very demanding you know I'm just a business bitch career <laughs> woman um you are <laughs> I know I guess I am it's just you actually it's a, unironically I, are <laughs> I know it's just weird because it's like I'm literally wearing like bright orange target shorts right now and like most Don't of my,
1: the cat headphones oh yeah I do
0: have cats, cat headphones <laughs> on they're pink um yeah, it's weird when you work remotely in a role like that because you're having these like very serious meetings and it's like, you know, you know what's <laughs> happening below the pelt and it's stretchy and it's <laughs> Even covered no in way. cat hair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say um, I like I like my job. It's just high stress and um, high demand. Mm-hmm. And then my husband's also been working full time. He got started a new role recently. And um, my dad lives with us, and he is a uh, medically complex individual, we will say. Um, lots of things going on with him. Um, where some days he doesn't really need much of anything from us, but then some days it's like you need to kind of drop everything. And so yesterday we had to take him to the emergency room because he basically like couldn't, um, like he was really weak and he couldn't really get up. And Mm -hmm. he was, um, without getting too (laughs) in the, in the weeds about (laughs) his poop, there's, he was having some shit problems and he was dehydrated, um, beyond the point where like, you can just kind of fix it with what you're drinking and eating. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was hooked up to IVs and then discharged home, which basically meant that because the way my work schedule works, I have usually have back to back meetings Mm-hmm. but I can't really miss. So my husband picked him up from the hospital. And then when he got home, he was pretty weak and needed a lot of help with stuff. So my husband was helping with that. And then it was the end of my work day. And then my husband needed to basically like start work for the day because he only got a couple hours of work done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it's very uh, difficult managing all of these things. You know, it's like I'm I'm 30 and it's like the beginning of this exciting chapter with this baby coming, but it's like, we also have so much to juggle. Um, mm-hmm. It's very, it's very difficult and stressful and it's just hard to, like, I feel like the last, I've never truly been carefree.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> no. The last
0: time I remember just kind of like my cat is knocking shit over <laughs>
1: He wants he just, your attention, too. He de- on, okay,
0: not to mention, we got two cats. We got <laughs> a dog. They're <laughs> constantly bartering for our attention. Um, he literally just knocked over a bottle of vitamins and just stared at me. <laughs> like, nope. what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? You're over there. You're connected by headphones. You can't move. Um, <laughs> but I digress. Yeah, so it's there's just a lot going on. Last time, I remember just, like, having fun was, I think, the summer I met. Charlie when i was like in between jobs and we were like for a brief for a brief period and i was um we were just kind of frolicking you know just mm-hmm. like running about in the summer covid hadn't happened yet there wasn't smoke in the air
1: mm-hmm.
0: um it was just fun and uh i miss fun you know i have <laughs> <laughs> i have moments of fun but it's just it's very daunting to like look around and be like, when am I going to just be able to like chill? You know, it's like, I just want to go to an Island Mm -hmm. for a month. Although right now I couldn't even like have mimosas because this baby, she's just like, no, I don't want it.
1: (laughs) You're not going to give me champagne. Not Not me girl. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just,
0: it's, you know, I want, we have this time leading up to the baby and then the baby's going to come. And from what I hear, Um, parenting is difficult. Babies,
1: (laughs) (laughs) newborns, yeah, newborns.
0: I guess they like want things from you. They want to be like fed and nurtured and Mm -hmm. like a whole bunch of things, you know, they're not very self-sufficient. I know they're (laughs) needy. They're needy as hell. (laughs) Like my needs aren't being bad. Um, But I would like, we're very, we're very excited for her to come. Um, But we just have a lot of you know, we're planning like a cross country move. We're planning, we're helping my dad find, uh, wherever we move, we're going to help him move into a like senior living facility near there. Mm -hmm. Um, which is going to be a lot better. It's very difficult being, um, a caretaker, just having a full-time job and trying to have a life of any sort. Mm -hmm. And so having a baby too would be quite difficult because originally we're going to help him, um, recover from a surgery he recovered from that surgery but he's just he's having more and more needs his memory is kind of going so he's just going to need a level of care that I don't think we would be able to really provide so we're going to try to find somewhere close to us and visit him a lot and all that jazz but for the time being it's just like I feel like I don't have like I will talk about this another time but I binged Bridgerton um <laughs> recently which oh, I did not realize how horny that show was oh my god I was just like ooh, <laughs> okay this is what we're doing yeah um but other than that it's like I haven't normally it's like I finish work and I my brain is just because I'm also like pregnant and that like does things to your body and mm-hmm. um you're very tired and there's all these other things going on so it's like I have this physical thing going on as well and I finish work and I just want to it's like I don't have mental capacity to like do anything but there's still things that need to be done like around the house or yeah you know, or this or that so it's like I don't really have time to unwind for the most part mm-hmm. um so it was really nice when I watched all of Bridgerton in two days <laughs> <laughs> yes because it was nice but it's just you know it's hard which I guess is just part of like getting older and having different types of responsibilities crop up but it's just difficult mm-hmm. feeling like you don't really have a respite it's like they talk about self-care but I feel like I'm in a position where it's like I don't have time yeah there's just too many things that I have to do um that I don't really have the option for for such things um yeah but that's my um that's my spiel do you have any questions do you have any (laughs) um interview questions for for me
1: Hmm. um well it definitely is just thinking about the scope and scale of the challenges that you and your husband have faced Mm -hmm. like in the last year and a half specifically, but like just, and the kind of rapidity of with which like it all sort of came tumbling onto you. Mm -hmm. Um, There are just so many layers of, yeah, it's kind of hard to parse through. Like I imagine there's like, moments that are feel really really heavy and overwhelming in terms of things that are sad and frustrating but then Mm -hmm. there are like other more daily like because you guys have more responsibilities than I think the average 30 year olds I think it's fair to say or like you've had more thrown at you
0: it feels like it feels like I am um I mean it's like I have family members have kids and stuff but it feels like I'm I've been the first of my close friends to like embark on certain life journeys. Like when my mom passed away when I was younger, when uh, becoming a caregiver for a parent now um, getting knocked up, which I mean, it isn't 30, isn't like young to have a baby. depends mm-hmm. on where you live in the country, but of my friends, um, we're, we're more, you know, we're, we're not <laughs> the like 22 year olds starting our fams kind of vibe. One of my brothers um, was younger when he had kids and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, but just for my like immediate crew it's hard cuz it's like i don't have a point of reference so i'm just sort of like uh, all right i'm i'm doing it but it's it can be isolating and difficult because it's just like navigating this shit where i'm like i feel like where i where is my like carefree joyous time you know cuz it's mm-hmm. like my mom got sick when i was 12 she died when i was 19 um mental health was a strug through most of my 20s and I mean we will always be to some extent with anxiety and stuff but you know I haven't had like severe depression in a very long time which is nice Mm -hmm. but it's just like when (laughs) when when does it give and then just kind of like maybe it does it Mm -hmm. um but at the same time I was telling you earlier which I think some some people can relate to is I do feel like when things are kind of going awry it almost makes me feel like safe yeah because it's like, okay these things are going wrong I don't have to be on the lookout for what's gonna like the shoot it drop because the shoes are on the floor you know yeah. um, <laughs> there are shoes everywhere Yeah, <laughs> they have fallen um, because it's like when things are going well or like there's not an identifiable like major issue it's like well when, when's it coming
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know because I haven't really had a significant period of time in my life where there hasn't been some sort of trial. Um, And so there is sort of like security in the chaos in a weird way. Like when, my husband, and I got married in the pandemic. Like I had these fears, like he's going to die. One of us yeah. is going to die. Like we're not, I'm not going to get to like marry this person that I really love. That's not how, that's not how this story goes. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a global pandemic. Okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> so we can't have like, so we're going to have to have like an altered wedding and it's going to be kind of a shit show. Fine. Cool with that. Love that because that's how I get this thing in my life. You know, I get it through this weird kind of uh, this weird way. And it's like, and I do have like, I'm very lucky in the partnership I have, and I love him very much. And definitely feel like I found my person. And it's almost like I feel like I have to pay some sort of tax for any happiness I have. Yeah. Um, And so I guess this is my happiness tax, um, which I don't know how healthy of a, of a mind uh, <laughs> viewpoint that is. But it's just, I think we're all of us are shaped by our experiences and in, in one way or another and we process the world based on how things have been for us and the experiences that we've had so um, yeah for me when things are difficult and chaotic and shitty in certain ways it's also kind of reassuring because it's like okay <laughs> this is all going wrong so so we're good right this is what we're dealing with now great Um so that's kind of the that's the vibe that's that's what's going on in this under these pink cat ears
1: oh man no I think it's so interesting the idea of a happiness tax although yours is more of like god what what would it even be like a happiness um it's more than a tax uh it's some sort of other like oppressive uh mandate or something but It's just different than, I mean, my, my boyfriend had this, his friend came up with this concept called the cost of living or um, like it's a penalty for living. And, but those, I think of penalties for living or happiness taxes as like you uh, got charged an extra drink at the bar, you know, or Mm -hmm. you have to check a bag.
0: (laughs) Bag checks, man, (laughs) or paying to like choose your seat.
1: Oh, paying for choosing your seat.
0: Let me just Um, sit
1: awful like taking an uber that you weren't planning to now in seattle they are so expensive i mean yes everything should you know that's a whole separate thing but it's like whew, those ubers went from like five dollars to like 25 real quick dang um, so it's now oppressive so it's back to the bus for this bitch um <laughs> but those are <laughs> yeah b2b um this is like what i think of as more of like a penalty for living and it is like there, I mean, I think you were telling me too, like when we went on one of our sad socially distanced walks last year, I mean, so much kind of like changed for you, uh, without you being able to really like process it Mm -hmm. and, and like kind of not, not necessarily like mourn the, the, like the end of one period of your life or like, but, but just at least like of hold that truth in your heart and kind of be like my at the end of my 20s this is the end of like living in seattle in an apartment and the end of like and and i mean the pandemic like caught everyone by surprise but having to deal with your dad's health issues which are so you know it's just a whole adds a whole different level of like you guys being newlyweds and moving into like the suburbs but. You're like isolated from people, really. I mean, like no one. I mean, I think you guys have friends that live closer than like me, but we. I mean, I haven't really been to your. Do we? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I'm assuming someone's got to live closer than me, but uh, I. It's just like it feels super surreal, even from like a perspective of like we're such good friends, and I still haven't like been inside your home that you guys have lived in for almost a year.
0: Yeah.
1: Um which is mostly tracked out to the pandemic. But at this point, like work schedules and all sorts of weird shit happening and commitments. But like, it's just like such a momentous time in your life. And it feels weird that we like connect every week. And yet I haven't seen you in person. I'm so looking forward to seeing you like next week. We're doing, Woo. we'll do the pod in person next week. you oh guys. My It's going to be like a joyful Floosh. experience. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should pick a happier topic, maybe like for than like doing I don't know. That's a combo for like offline, but uh <laughs> just because we'll be together and it'll be really exciting to be talking into a mic like across from you.
0: Yeah. Um you know, maybe we can talk about Bridgie.
1: Bridgie. Oh, I can't wait.
0: <laughs> Lol's. Um yeah, it's been um it's been very isolating and it's been and there's a lot I have to be grateful for and think you know it's like I have I have white privilege I'm living in a house um you know I have access I have a backyard so I have access to like outdoor space um but for the beginning of like we were helping my dad before he moved here we were in my dad's one bedroom apartment with him for six months (laughs) we came back from our honeymoon to that and it was um, I love my dad, but he is a, a challenging individual. We will say um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, we felt like we never really had that like newlywed, and we'll never because then the baby's gonna come. Um, it's like we don't really got that like newlywed time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know. And it's like I feel like my home doesn't truly feel like my home um, because it's like you know my dad's kind of the the downstairs man, and <laughs> I love him, I do. Oh. But it's it's different being able to just kind of like pop about your house and it's like your space and rather than having to kind of like cater to and tend to somebody else that's in a large portion of the house um and yeah we don't have any friends in maple valley or within like we have friends in seattle we have friends in tacoma uh, a friend in bellingham which is even further mm-hmm. um i think the closest is we have a friend in bellevue which is still like pretty pretty far so it's like we don't really have people um nearby so it's like kind of, uh, yeah, it's been weird. It's like I always pictured, I thought like, okay, that summer was going to be a rum rumspringa and like a farewell to this chapter of my life. And then it just sort of was like, no, girl, things are just going to be happening now. <laughs> things are just happening and you're going to have to deal with it and uh, enjoy, you know. Um, but I mean, that's, that's life too, to an extent you can't you can't plan for a lot of things um but it would have been uh it would have been nice maybe i'm just gonna have like my 40s are just gonna be banging oh Uh, yeah see if i'm 30 i'll be 48 when frankie's 18 so yeah my 50s i'll be your 50s you'll be fucking (laughs) bopping around (laughs) traveling the globe um yeah that's because we were gonna go on a honeymoon to like europe um but I mean, that's a very first world. I couldn't go to Europe for my honeymoon. Um, it's, so it's a like, real thing. Yeah, it's like we've never left the country together. Um, there's all this travel we wanted to do before we had a baby, but obviously there's a pandemic. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of things that that I didn't need, but that I certainly wanted. Um, but everyone had had that in the pandemic. We all had. We all had many <laughs> many problems and issues. Um, but yeah, I do feel like I haven't had um I just didn't have like the fun I wanted to have, you know? Like I just wanted to have like fun. <laughs> it was like a fun time.
1: <laughs> I think that's completely fair and human. I mean, even when it came to your pandemic wedding that was already like truncated and um
0: yeah, we had to find like, a new venue 24 hours <laughs> less than 24 hours before.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like you handled that remarkably well. <laughs> what am I going to do? It's like
0: it's like a life you're given, There's some situations you're just kind of handed and you, you you can't get out of them, you know? So you're just like, "All right, well, this is what's happening now. Let's shift gears and uh figure this out, you know?" Cuz you, you know, I could it was Uh, stressful and frustrating but like what was i gonna do you know yeah (laughs) that my basically my my mother-in-law was gonna host us (laughs) in her backyard because i had it was a pandemic we had a very small small ceremony um and then we were having our reception originally this summer now next summer probably (laughs) we'll see what happens with covid (laughs) um but we had a very small ceremony we're gonna have it in my mother-in-law's backyard she had grand plans. She, they were building a deck. They're building a deck back there. She offered, it was her idea. Uh It was all her idea. Um, and the day before my husband calls me and he's like, me and my dad just went over there. It's not going to be ready. Um, (laughs) 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 okay. You mean like for like our ceremony, like tomorrow, you know, that like I've fully planned and had everything in you know there was all this stuff over there at her house like had everything planned to be like a beautiful little ceremony and he's like I'll I'll take care of it and thank god my father-in-law is friends with like the family who has like a farm um and they're like yeah you can get married on our farm like okay great um (laughs) and thankful and you know my husband figured all that out and um you know didn't uh didn't necessarily put together the things that I put together and the plans that I had to make it a smooth event, but, uh, that's neither here nor there. It happened. Uh, it happened. It was, it was, you know, a beautiful ceremony. There were baby goats there, which is like what I had always wanted anyway. Um, (laughs) But it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, this is, all right, that's, that's going to happen. Uh, all right, sure sure um and then she, my mother in law is like oh I can throw your baby shower and I'm just like no I'm throwing my own baby shower mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's it like I'm just I'm not I am gonna do it my you're invited you know but yeah I will and obviously you're invited to, Maria I haven't set the date yet <laughs> oh uh so <laughs> a
1: few <laughs>
0: haven't set the date we were waiting till that ultrasound to start planning all that which is that also, yeah sense. planning for a baby there's a whole lot of stuff you have to do and i have to give birth i am oh my god i don't love that um don't love that miracle of life aspect but uh <sighs> fine you're
1: the one who opened my eyes and ears to really what the miracle of life entails when we were in college you were yeah. like "Spoiler alert you shit yourself that yeah ruined my day week year. with
0: almost almost <laughs> with certain it's not 100 of women but i'd say of because I was in nursing school, so I was watching these these <laughs> traumatizing. You should see series. my face right now. Um, mm. And yeah, I mean, it's just part of it. You just fucking you shit yourself, and n- generally the nurses are like little jedi's who like are so quick at wiping it away that like you don't even Aww. know, but it's happening. Like at least eighty percent, I'd say. That's not science. That's just anecdotal. Looking Shout back, out to the
1: heroic shit wiping nurses (laughs) who can get that done quickly. They're just
0: like, oh, you know, and then, yeah, you're going to often you're going to you're going to tear real.
1: See, that really bums me out for a number of reasons. But it's like, sorry for the TMI to this podcast. But if you have like diarrhea and then it's like real sensitive in the butthole, like, what about if you tear your whole
0: vagina to your like to your butt and that's a thing and sometimes they'll do an they'll often do an episiotomy which is where they just cut you ahead Mm -hmm. of time so it's a nice clean tear Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so I'm debate and so I get to debate things like do I want them to just go ahead and cut me (laughs) wide open or am I gonna take the chances and see how I see what happens there you know
1: does it ever um, just like come out your like <laughs> vaginal hole without any tears?
0: Um, I mean without any tearing?
1: Yeah. Without any tears. <laughs> I'm
0: I'm sure it's possible. Um it's not the it's not the norm though. <laughs> I mean, and there are <laughs> things you can so. do. There's like you can like like you're, you can do certain like massage type things ahead of time to like reduce the risk of tears or severe tears. There, there are things you can do, which I will do, um, <laughs> but there's no there's no guarantees, man. And it's like there are things like I'm not very concerned. I mean, stretch marks will happen or they won't. They probably will. Most mm-hmm. people have stretch marks. But the amount of people who have been like, have you been using lotion to prevent stretch marks? Oh, jeez. Hey, leave me alone. Um, let me be. Yeah. Stop. Um, and also, there's no ev- – like, it's genetic. Sorry, y'all. Like, there isn't really evidence that the vitamin E – and cocoa butter and shit actually does um, prevent them from happening Ugh. but now I find myself doing it because everyone's like are you doing it? You should Ugh. do it just leave me alone oh my <laughs> Like, gosh I have plenty of concerns and you know my body will change and I'm trying to like exercising and doing all these things to try and um, try and keep myself strong and ready for birth but it's interesting that the people that are People without even without kids who are just like oh you gotta make sure you're you know putting the lotion on your belly and so you get stretch wow. marks thank wow. you for your, thanks for your concern wow um,
1: that's so funny too that that would be just like someone's thinking about your pregnancy and like feels like that's what they're gonna interject into the conversation
0: yeah huh. and then it's like if I do <laughs> end up with stretch marks on my stomach or wherever um you know are people are those people gonna be like hmm <laughs> guess yeah, she didn't put the lotion
1: on <laughs> oh my god just anyone who you're at the beach with I guess or at a yeah. pride parade where you're wearing a crop, crappy toppy
0: yeah um, also I know my poor crop tops just hanging in the closet
1: oh you'll get to them again for sure uh, but here's the question here's the question because you were you were texting something about oh I think probably the crop tops like oh I'll wear you know hopefully I can wear them maybe in X amount of time. Here's Mm -hmm. what I'm just imagining for myself when I do, if I'm preg, preg, McGee at some point, Mm -hmm. like once I have one pregnancy, I'm probably going to want to like, I'm probably not going to, like, be super ambitious about getting myself to a good place only to have to fucking balloon out again. (laughs) Like, I mean, sorry to basically, like, probably my future hubs and, like, anyone, you know, but I just... I don't know that I will, like, work soups hard to get back in shape in between children. How how do you feel about that? I am
0: planning to (laughs) for a few reasons. One... I think mentally to be okay with the changes that are happening now, it's like, well, I don't, I'll do all these things yeah. too, because it's pregnancy uh, well, and childbirth and recovery and everything's better and easier if you're able to, um, you know, exercise and of course strength and have you know, it's, it's just better and it's healthier, mm-hmm. um, which isn't, I mean, there are some women who are, have to, Deal with like hyperemesis during their pregnancies and can't fucking do it. So, yeah. like, no shame in your game if you're like, I'm not fucking working out during pregnancy, you bitch.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> cause I like got first trimester, I didn't get out of bed. So, um, <sighs> hear, hear that, but and then the other thing is we're having our uh wedding reception next summer. So, oh, yeah, um, I have kind of a deadline to try on dresses and you know, I've, I'm, my body will change. I've made peace with that, but, um, I think that will kind of motivate me to get into whatever kind of shape I will get into, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever that will look like, um, is, is having that, but it is hard because we are planning to have a second one planning to start trying when Frankie, uh, is the, the bebe I'm currently brewing when she's a year old,
1: I'm mm-hmm. gonna start
0: trying. So it does, it does certainly feel like I'll be like, okay, I did it. And let's put another one in there. Yeah. Um and, yeah, and it's hard because it's like I'm sure there will be there will be changes um mm-hmm. in my body and things that no matter what I eat or how I work out, that just aren't gonna be the same. And it's, you know, I'm I'm body positive when it comes to other people, but I have a lot of internalized. <laughs> Messages that I'm sure it's gonna be a uh, a struggle and an identity change. And it's even like feel like this weird thing of like going out in public being like very visibly pregnant at this point and feeling like people probably don't think I'm hot, you know, which is just oh, like yeah. a, a gross thought. And it's like I don't think everyone thinks I'm hot, but I think some people do. But I mm-hmm. think when you're pregnant, people are like, oh mother. Yeah. Oh Not like
1: my like pet. Like my pens.
0: Oh mother. Oh mother. Like people just see like oh you know mother. That's I mean I guess there's the whole milf thing, but there's and there's I'm sure kinks for people who are actively pregnant, but
1: yeah. Um,
0: in general, it's just sort of like seeing yourself differently. And although I did get hit on, um, she says excited <laughs> when I was out uh, like last weekend, I was walking around, um. And this, like, skater boy was, like – I mean, I think he just – my boobs have gotten bigger, and I think he just kind of stopped at my boobs. But mm. um, he was, like, that's a beautiful dress. You look wonderful. But, like, oh. with thirsty eyes, you know? Yeah. So – and is that a good thing? You know, it's, like, I also don't <laughs> like that. It's this weird thing of, like, I want to be perceived a certain way because society has always told me that this is how women have value, but at the same time, like, leave me alone and get out of my space.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but – Yeah. It's our changing bodies, you know, it's a,
1: it's a whirlwind. It's a wild, it's a wild time. Yeah. Very much both things. Um, (laughs) all the time, pretty much. Uh... Yeah. like I
0: want validation, but I don't want you to infringe upon my space and my body is not for you to comment on, Mm -hmm. but I want to be acceptable to the world too and seen Mm -hmm. as a certain way because that's, I've always been told that women um, <laughs> get their value. So it's, it's all, which is, I'm not making recommendations here. <laughs> Just no. being
1: honest. Which I think it's, yeah, which is important, especially, I don't know where we are. Like you say, like where this is a really, I don't know. It's a very weird, unprecedented time. And we talk about that, I think a lot theoretically, But and there are all these articles about millennials having less children and having them Mm -hmm. later and also not being able to save and we don't know how to buy houses and lots of all the avocados (laughs) like all the avocado toast we're consuming. Um, So I do think that like all of that like there's um, you know there we talk about kind of the broader political wins and um, feminist. Uh, ideals, but kind of like getting into the crux of kind of a whole lot of like real shit that you're dealing with and balancing. I mean, it's, it's, it's important sometimes to just like peel back the curtain when we're comfortable, you know, yeah. and just sort of say like, this is, this is kind of all the stuff I'm dealing with. And like, there's a whole spectrum from like smaller, like inequities and, and, and Um, sadnesses that are either related to like going from one one um, time in your life to another phase in your life or that are related to being a caretaker earlier than a lot of people to having dealt with like unimaginable sorrow and death earlier than a lot of people um, and then to be carrying a child earlier than a lot of your peers, like, which, which is so exciting. And it is a cho- like a choice. You, yeah. it's not like you were, it she was unplanned. All,
0: this, was a pur- this was a purpose one.
1: This was a purpose <laughs> one. <laughs> not a whoopsie here, baby. <laughs> Frankie, not a whoopsie. Uh, yeah. So it's just like, there's so like just a, a swirl of, of emotions and things to balance. And, um, and then amidst all of that, there's like the podcast that we do, which is like we've both prioritized and matters to us. And like, it's, but you know, you can't, there's just no way to account for like things that happen in life that are absolutely need to be taken care of first. They have to be. And to fit kind of to fit the podcast in around a growing, changing, life is just something that I think a lot of podcasters, especially probably um, women podcasters, we I've seen it on like different threads than on Twitter and um, in the lady pod squad. And there's like lots of um, women talk about kind of the challenges of keeping close, like a passion project, um, while keeping your career going, caring for children, for parents, for making space for partners but it is a lot it's a lot and you're dealing with absolutely all of it basically right now like checklist of shit you're like you have all of them yeah
0: I feel like there are a lot of things um and it just yeah it takes some time I think for it's like intellectually it's like I can do this and it's fine and this is what's happening or like intellectually it's like yes I believe in body positivity through pregnancy and after but then it's like sometimes your emotions seem to catch up with like what stage of life you're actually at because it's all well and good to have um ideals and you know intellectual conclusions that you draw but then you're living it and you're like oh oh, oh. yeah <laughs> this oh. is what's happening i see oh. um, <laughs> and then it's you know it's like you see those people who at least it appears that they do it all and like seamlessly and they get up at um you know they get up at it feels like they get must have two hours of sleep or something and so it's like they get up in the morning and they've they've got all these things that they're doing perfectly all the time and um just living and loving and laughing and it's all (laughs) fine and it's all great and it's like you see them and it's like you feel like a trash fire because it's like you got a million things going on and it's hard and it's like you're not you know you know manicured I mean I literally do have a manicure (laughs) I'm literally manicured but you know what I mean (laughs) you're not all like put together and poised all day and doing it all with a smile not breaking a sweat it's like no I get everything done but it's um it's a hot mess you know it's not a I want to make like a little Instagram um post about how effortless it is (laughs) you know um so it is it's hard seeing like seeing those people that appear at least to have have it all together and are doing it all somehow but I also think a lot of that's bullshit
1: I agree I think it's a highlight reel and it's a lot of fake stuff Um, which no wonder there's, like, a simultaneous, like, mental health crisis in this country because we're we're getting highlight reels from everyone instead of, Mm -hmm. like, what's real. And then people trying to be real, it's still a completely curated version of what's real. Yeah. And then behind it, everyone is just having the fucking worst time of their lives. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, just as, like, an observation of very recently, the people that I have hung out with, like, in person or had a, like, brief brief person, person person-to-person interactions recently, uh, there's a high percentage that is, that are not doing great, that are having like, as Bo Burnham says, they're at ATL's Mm all-time lows, not Atlanta. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And this is not, I'm saying it with like a light voice because we're, you know, but I, I do not mean to diminish. It is, it's just to say this is a very, people are not doing well, but not, you wouldn't know that by everyone's social media, Um, people, even people who are, who do, are are not, you know, primary care, caregivers or, you know, just kind of dealing with, with their, um, I don't know, dealing with things in their lives that are pretty standard, like job responsibilities or those types of balancing acts. Um, It's still uh, a very, challenging time in this in this constantly shifting environment with like backgrounds of existential crises from global warming to democracy crumbling thanks to the chinless core crux adults Mitch McConnell I mean the gamut it's the whole beautiful gamut
0: <laughs> indeed that is quite a quite a patchwork <laughs> <sighs> Of, of bullshit but and it's like I do want to see like nice things that are going on in people's lives but sometimes it's like just show me you breaking down into tears <laughs> <laughs> that french toast is beautiful but how many times did you cry this week
1: <laughs> yeah know?
0: but you don't it's like people don't have a responsibility to to share you know their struggles it's just I think sometimes when people like curate things so much it's kind of like all right like what's really what's what are we hiding here
1: yeah um
0: because it just feels disingenuous you know but at the same time it's like we all want to see like nice things too and it's nice to see nice things um it's just also nice when it's like things when things are real you know
1: (laughs) yeah it's too bad that there isn't um more of a some sort of balance there isn't a balance that seems attainable on so at least on social media or when you're keeping up with people virtually generally um to sort of get like real and the highlights the good things that you because of course we want to celebrate those things and i think in the context of like at least your like all the stuff that you're going through right now i would just say as a as an observer that Mm -hmm. i'm so you know, I'm so impressed by the way that you constantly have. I mean, throughout our whole friendship, that's been for at this point twelve years.
0: Oh my god! Or eleven. Old. Oh wow. Where? I mean, a lot. We're getting there. We're,
1: we're getting there. Um, many years of our friendship over a decade, and um, I have watched the struggles of different things that have happened to you before before anyone else and also seemingly more frequency than anyone else that I know. Truly. Um, it does
0: feel sometimes like, again, come on.
1: Yeah, it does. It's like, there's way more than a happiness tax happening over, over your, your head. It feels like there's some sort of cloud that some sort of Eeyore like cloud that's just like, Is she having a good time? Cause the uh, <laughs> storm's a brewing. Let's make sure we stay on it. <laughs> but you've dealt with, you always deal with it with such, um, grace and beyond, uh, strength here. And you always like, you're still always asking about me and all your friends. You keep, you know, you always keep other people in your heart, even when there's, and like in your mind, when there's like a lot going on, that's, would be totally, you'd be beyond excused for like, not remembering like random shit going on in other people's lives or not asking about it, but you always do, you know? So it's just, I just, so just love you so much. And I'm always Aww, it's always hard to see it's hard to see these things happen to you with such relentless frequency. <laughs> um, because I just wish there was more that, you know, I could do or more that people can do um to be there as this shit happens. So Aww, I appreciate that. I mean, it's
0: I think I mean, for the most I don't know, it's like when things happen, it's just like you kind of have to just keep going you know <laughs> it's just like all right, let's add this to the basket and just you know because what's the alternative you know what else? yeah uh, there's nothing else you can really do and um yeah of course I care about the humans um in my life and always want to know how they're doing what's going on with them because because I love them and I love you and you know I gotta gotta tune out from this shit sometimes
1: <laughs> yeah that's why I'm particularly happy that you uh you dabbled in or Bridgerton oh. I can't wait for us to discuss the next but. episode or some some upcoming episode listeners will get a treat
0: yes <laughs> when I when I referred to like Something I was like horny toad to my husband. He said he went ribbit for your pleasure. He started riveting, <laughs> oh. and they left the room. It's oh. upsetting. I feel like he took the joy out of that phrase for me.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty good, though. It
0: was good. And he was <laughs> like yeah. kept riveting, and I had to leave. You <laughs> crossed a line.
1: <laughs> that somehow does feel yeah like horny toad. Fine, sexualized rivets. Taking yeah, it maybe
0: one, it for one, leap far, um, one leap too far. One leap for far. Oh, dear. Here okay. she goes. Yeah. I think we're done now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, well, let's move on then to our We
0: See Yous. Oh, yes. Bad things. Um, when <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> oh, <fine. laughs> When I, this, this first one, um, when I read about that, I was like, this can't be real, um, but it is real. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Wyoming, um, there's a bar called the Eagle's Nest in Cheyenne, um, and they've been selling shirts um, for years. They're black with a white design. It has like a bearded man in a biker jacket who's pointing a handgun at the like front of the shirt, basically. Mm-hmm. And it says, in Wyoming, we have a cure for AIDS, we shoot, and then a homophobic slur that I'm not going to repeat. Oh. Um, and they started selling these shirts after Matthew Shepard was murdered in Wyoming, um, who you might remember as a gay college student um, who was viciously murdered uh, more than 20 years ago um, for being for being gay. Um, he was literally tied to a fence and left to die after being beaten Ugh. severely. This was back in um, 1998. And that is when they started selling the shirts. Oh my God. Um, and it's like the fact that oh. this is like legal is awful. The fact that this has been going on for t- like 20 years, more than yeah. 20 years, um, was disgusting. They, um, after like a lot of public outcry and the shirts sold out um, for the final time. They agreed to stop selling them because they're a bar and not a like merchant. They didn't, they weren't like, Oh, this, yeah, I guess this is a really bad thing to do, but I guess if you've been doing it that long, (laughs) you you don't really have a lot of uh, remorse about that. Right. Um, and Wyoming is actually one of only three States that has not passed hate crime legislation since Matthew Shepard was murdered. Um, They considered it after a year after his death to extend hate crime protections to cover sexual orientation, but it um, failed in a 30-30 tie and hasn't been seriously considered since. People are hoping that the press from this and outrage will hopefully lead to actual meaningful hate crime legislation that will protect um, sexual orientation in Wyoming. But to the eagle's nest, we see, I can't fucking believe that they've been selling those shirts for 20 years and people have been buying them for 20 years and that the inspiring act to sell those shirts was the murder of this young man i just well it's one of the most disgusting things i think i've ever um read and heard so double triple million we see used to eagle's nest just the worst of humanity
1: yeah that's really really awful really nauseating and like Thinking like, okay, if these shirts have been sold for 20 years, like how many people are walking around with these shirts on?
0: Yeah. Like, and how many like <sighs> gay, you know, gay kids, gay people in Wyoming see people wearing these shirts. <sighs> like how, God, how unsafe you must feel there.
1: Yeah. That's really awful. Uh once again, if just Jeff Bezos wanted to like change the world for the better, he could just pay literally between 50,000 to 100,000 people to just like liberals to go mm-hmm. move to Wyoming and vote there. And then we would have like two Senate seats that were, you know, blue and we would have one congressional. We could kick Liz Cheney out. It would just be great. Anyway, it would be I just have fantasies about just like manipulating capitalism to our benefit if we're gonna have to all live under it and like fuck you that's awful like ah Wyoming come on uh, just awful 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 yeah god 20 years uh, uh, <laughs> ugh okay um, so Kirsten Cinema, she like got on my last nerve months ago but and so now I'm just sort of just generally extremely disgusted and disappointed with her um, she tweeted yesterday um, or two days ago um about John Lewis. She said, quote, our nation lost a civil rights giant one year ago today. John Lewis was a personal hero of mine, a man of principle and courage who encapsulated all the qualities of a true leader. Rest in power, my dear friend. So Kristen Cinema really dared to call John Lewis her personal hero while supporting a filibuster that blocks the John Lewis Voting Rights Act from becoming law. She really, really I felt like she was just trolling people. Like, she has betrayed Arizonans, um, she's betrayed Democrats, like moderates and activists. Lots of people put their trust in her, they showed up and, and, and the consequences of of everyone putting their faith in Kristen Sinema has just been pretty devastating at this point for, for everyone who she has uh, betrayed um, her refusal to understand the importance of ending the filibuster or, um, passing immigration reform raising the minimum wage these are all things that she has had stood for in the past and she's flip-flopped on and become beyond moderate I would say relatively conservative I think the minimum wage in Arizona um, like well I don't want to get into it too much but it's like And we should remember that she was um, one of the defining votes in voting down, uh, raising the minimum wage, federal minimum wage to $15. That was the one where she got up there in a little like spunky little dress and like gave it the thumbs down. And then when people criticized her for that, like performance of a thumbs down, she called it sexism, which I think is women we, we have to push back on and just say, absolutely fucking not. You can't just call it sexism. People can criticize you for literally behaving like Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake, like no to the minimum wage being raised, especially when that was something that you've previously stood for. And that's part of that was part of your platform in the past. So people are totally you know, you you were trolling people then you're trolling people now. You're acting like playing the victim was calling it sexism. Um She also uh, recently she had a kind of a Melania Trump moment where she posted on Instagram a picture of her sipping a fucking margarita with a giant gold fuck off ring. It was like, okay, this is an I really don't care. Do you kind of moment because we are desperate? I mean, Democrats did so much to get you in power, to get to get this. We barely eked out a majority, even though we've we have had. The, what, seven or eight million more people voted for Biden? There are we, we are by far the majority in the country. And for you to continue to refuse to hear people, refuse to hear your constituents, refuse to hear Democrats, refuse to understand if John Lewis was your personal hero, we're not asking you to get your skull cracked like he did trying to secure the right to vote. We're just asking you to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. And to do that, you if you can't find a supermajority, which of course you can't because Republicans play dirty, you have to understand the importance of getting rid of the filibuster in this moment. Um, you can't have your head in the sand. Um, on a positive note for all of us, um, and Ari Berman tweeted about this, um, 95% of Arizona Dems um, approve of Biden, 75% um, approve of Mark Kelly, the other Democratic senator, only 42% approve of Senator Cinema, and 66% of Democrats said that if given the chance in a 2024 Senate primary, they would vote for a different candidate who would get rid of the filibuster. So um, I am absolutely going to be on the lookout for people primary in Kirsten Sinema. I will give them money. Um, and if she loses and if we lose to a conservative in Arizona, I think that that is a deserved outcome because we don't she is not a Democrat, really. And she hasn't mm-hmm. stood up for us. And she's betrayed. She, in fact, has betrayed us. And I would rather have a known conservative in that seat than someone who's going to get her ego stroked at all times and be like a lightning rod for issues like this you know and I, I believe in Arizonans I think that they can get a more liberal they can primary her primary her ass so Kirsten yes. Cinema, we see you
0: <laughs> we absolutely see you it's like uh, Arizona's getting purpler you know mm-hmm. certainly there's there's Megan McCain there and all that jazz but I, <laughs> I think we can get there Arizona yeah. Arizonians. I believe yeah. in you. Sorry, Arizonians. I'm <laughs> saying
1: Arizonians. It's
0: Arizonians. As someone who spent ages um, three to nine there, <laughs> um, <laughs> we can do better. Although it was a very scary place culturally in a lot of ways. Very into guns and just like rights, but like uh, our, what kind of rights? Libertarians. Right? Yeah. Uh, Anywho, but they were, it's fine. <laughs> they're going to be great. It's going to be great. All right. Moving over to Provo, Utah. Uh, uh, do we have to <laughs> I,
1: uh,
0: it's, that's the pivot we're making um, that is where gun company Culper Precision is based and you may have seen on social media it was pretty shared they started making a semi-automatic Glock that looked was covered in what looked like Legos
1: oh I actually didn't see that oh,
0: yeah you'll have to look at a picture it looks so much like a toy that's um, fucked up yeah and lego um made it over by the danes lovely danes was like please don't do this we don't and they even have like it's called like block 19 like glock 19 in like the lego font and it is indistinguishable from lego's like what's on it and it's like red yellow and blue looks like a fucking toy um and so they did stop because lego was like you need stop this yeah um, but they weren't like oh we're sorry we can see how this is like a bad idea because you know um, children uh, accidental firearm deaths due to children having access to guns have gone up <sighs> so um, you know it's just theoretically no one wants that right even like people who are into guns and mm-hmm. believe everyone should have guns Does, we all are against children accidentally shooting themselves and other people right yeah. Um we can all kind of be like, that's bad. Can we like find that common ground? Is that something we can agree on? Um <sighs> apparently not so much. They um well, first in their Instagram post where they um posted about the block nineteen, they were they wrote, We wanted the second amendment to simply be too painful to tread on. So there was only one logical solution. So they make a little Lego stepping on joke and ew woof um and it says here's one of those childhood dreams coming to life the block 19 yes you can actually build legos onto it um and apparently it you know can survive over 1500 rounds um of being you know of being shot out and yeah they they didn't apologize for the block 19 they took it down because legally they they had to um (laughs) But a statement about it was that we here at Culper Precision are grateful for the attention that Block 19 is currently getting across the globe. It seems that no matter what we create in the firearms industry, anti-gunners seem to leverage every true innovation shortly after its release to talk about why guns are bad. So really missing the point. Um, mm-hmm. Have all your guns been, has there been an outcry or just the ones that look like children's toys? Um yeah just a real bad idea it's like even like marijuana products aren't allowed to like look too much like candy Mm -hmm. um it's just reasonable to have when you're producing a gun to make sure it doesn't it isn't made to look like a children's toy right um just reasonable things uh like like i said unintentional shooting deaths by children of either themselves or other people rose more than 30 percent um During 2020 compared with the previous year. They don't have the 2021 data yet, but let's not make the problem worse um, by producing guns that look like Legos. Um, so uh we see you to Culper Precision for not only making the gun, but then like, even though they took it down because they had to, doubling down on the idea that like, Well, this is just you anti-gunners, like unreasonable. Like, no, we're just trying to prevent children from shooting themselves and other people.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's just, it's a reasonable goal.
1: That's reasonable. Y'all are being
0: exhausting. (laughs) Can we just agree on kids not shooting people? Like, oh my God, we see you.
1: We see you. That feels like something we should all be able to agree on. It does, doesn't it? It does. Oh, okay. Well, moving to the wonderful world of sports, um, the European Handball Federation um, wh- fined the Norway's beach handball team because they wore shorts instead of bikini bottoms uh, in their bronze medal match against Spain. They were fined 1,500 euros uh, for wearing these shorts. Um and the European Handball Federation said that they imposed the fine um, because it was a case of, quote, improper clothing. Um, they require bikini bottoms, quote, with a close fit and and cut on an upward angle toward the top of the leg. Um, so there are specifications for, for these teams. Um Uh, Clothing specifications that the sides of the bikini must be no more than four inches, you know, while men, on the other hand, can wear shorts that are as long as four inches above their knees, as long as they are, quote, not too baggy. So that's like, that's the difference for men here. Um, And the rules state that, quote, women should wear a bikini where the top should be a tight fitting sports bra with deep openings at the arms. The bottom must not be more than 10 centimeters on the sides. Um, a spokeswoman for the International Handball Federation said on Tuesday she did not know the reason for the rules. She said, quote, we're looking into it internally. OK, so you guys don't really know the origin or reason for the rules, and yet you're going to enforce them in this way where you're fining everyone on the team. Um, thankfully, Norway's Handball Federation um, is paying uh, the players fine and supports them. Um and yeah, so it's a disciplinary um, fine of 150 euros per player, adding up to a total of 1,500 euros. Um, and these types of athletic regulations um, are the sexist and they there's sort of a long history of pointless sexism in sports um, and insistence on women playing competitive sports in revealing impractical clothing that aren't comfortable and that aren't... Um, practical, just needs to stop. I mean, there's like the the standardized nature of these uniforms are, can easily be un unstandardized just by modifying a little bit, you know, there can, you can, you can still impose rules the same with men, you know, like say that, okay, you can have shorts up to this This cut, as long as they're not too baggy, just make it the same as men, you know, but we know that this is like all about the desires of men watching women play sports and not about the comfort of women playing sports, comfort or practicality. Uh, The New York Times pointed out that female athletes have spoken out against the double standards um, for their uniforms many times in recent decades. um, These revealing outfits that women are required to wear in several sports, uh, they include track and field, beach volleyball and tennis. In 2011, the Badminton World Federation decreed that women must wear skirts or dresses to play at the elite level in order to help revive um, a flagging interest in women's badminton. So, well, maybe if we they dress a little bit more skimpy, uh, more people will watch. Um, it's important that women are able to play sports in clothing that is... Um, both practical and comfortable for them. Um, And it's like way, way beyond time that this is, that this is what happens and that there aren't fines for women not wearing bikini, literal bikinis, like with specific qualifications on how tightly, tightly they, how, how tight they are to like the boob and how high cut they are in the like upper leg. It's just like You're disgusting. You guys are all gross. And, um, you know, bravo to the Norway team for just fucking going ahead and wearing shorts, taking the fine. And um, it's also great that bravo to the to Norway's Handball Federation, who has already said they they'll pay the fine and they support they stand um, alongside the the players in this. So to the European Handball Federation, you guys look like idiots. We see you god that's just so
0: blatantly disgusting yeah ladies need shorter shorter <laughs> ensembles for sports. for
1: sports <laughs>
0: for sports interesting 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 mm-hmm. um righty. uh so a young woman a 19 year old woman lauren gibson a college student was driving with her friends we're also in uh, utah <laughs> we're back to utah great um <laughs> When one of her friends was pulled over for speeding, and she what she did was she picked up a back the blue sign, um, waved it at the officer writing the ticket, stomped on it, and threw it in the trash. Um, which I'm not saying is like the best idea. However, the, the response to that, to her destroying this back the blue sign, um, she was charged with disorderly conduct, criminal mischief, and then a hate crime enhancement. Mm. Um, because they claimed she had the intent to intimidate or terrorize another person, um, and the police officers said that she was extremely aggressive and violent. Um, again, she only she destroyed a sign.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there were no threats made to anybody. It was a back the blue sign um, toward a... So it was, you know, against a a police officer and, you know, exercising, we'll say, her first amendment rights uh, Mm -hmm. to disagree with um, with how, you know, law enforcement uh, actors are sometimes acting. Um, You know, it's like, yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised that she was charged with something, but the hate crime enhancement for Mm -hmm. speaking out against cops, I mean... It's the ACLU spoke out against it and saying that it's extremely it's sending an extremely chilling message to the community that the government will seek harsher punishment for people charged with crimes who disagree with police actions. Yeah. Um, Which I think is (laughs) I agree with ACLU. Mm -hmm. It's a dangerous precedent. Um, Like, yeah, I'm not saying it's the best idea to go and destroy a back the blue sign in front of police officers because police officers um are (laughs) sketchy Mm -hmm. but it shouldn't it shouldn't come with a hate crime charge if you do that um it just seems like an intimidation tactic um seems like a slippery slope Mm -hmm. and uh just seemed like a bit of an overreach by the garfield county attorney's office to be charging this 19 year old woman with a hate crime because she destroyed it back the blue sign in front of a police officer um little much uh a little extra there um not not what i think hate crime <laughs> laws are there for yeah um you know i'm it's just a really wild use of um hate crime um of hate crime statutes to statutes to use it in this manner mm-hmm. so uh we see you to the garfield county attorney's office for this uh troubling troubling charge here
1: yeah, that's super troubling. We see you. Um, it's very like Blue Lives Matter where the victims like, you know, yeah identity identity, you know, talk about them, you know, identity politics. Like police are some of the worst offenders of that. Like exactly. And hmm. getting to determine the law in that way. Yeah, it's just anyway, yeah. Like they, yeah. they or they get to determine the narrative, they have authority. It's gross. That's gross. Oh, okay. Um, Walmart. <laughs> um, so I saw this first via a um, Dan Price tweet where he said, um, basically, Walmart fired a 16-year top-notch employee because she has a disability. Uh, the company was hit with a $125 million verdict, and on, it will only pay, uh, It's it only has to pay $300,000 of that verdict, of that fine, because that's the most any company can be fined under federal regulations. Um, Walmart makes $300,000 every 17 seconds. Um, So he links to a New York times article where the jury, it says jury awards 125 million after Walmart fires a woman with down syndrome. And after this whole court case, the, the fine is reduced. I, what I find most nauseating actually because I'm not surprised at Walmart's behavior. I mean, I am disgusted, but I'm, I'm even more incensed that the way that we have like the structure of the way the law is set up is that Walmart, a company like a behemoth, like Walmart with so much money, Um, only has to pay $300,000 of this $125 million um, because that's the maximum amount allowed under federal law for compensatory and punitive damages. Like that is absolutely wrong. There's That is is something that hopefully, you know, that we have the power to absolutely change so that if this type of discrimination, which I feel like is rampant across the country, is going to continue to happen, uh, the least we can do is compensate fairly for this. Um, this is uh, the more spec- specific details of the case because they shouldn't get lost in in my frustration about the um, the fine getting reduced. Walmart's fine. You know, this is about um, a sales associate in um, Wisconsin who began in 1999 um, and over the next 15 years um, of working at Walmart regularly received pay raises, positive performance reviews. Um, and, um, in 2014, her hours suddenly shifted because of a commute, computerized scheduling system that Walmart instituted, um, and was, you know, a customer traffic designed to ensure that enough people were working when the store was the busiest. So, um, instead of her normal hours of one to 4 PM, she was expected to work one to 530. Um, and this was, uh, a hardship on this woman who has down syndrome and thrives on routine. And, um, she, her caregiver said that she's afraid she's going to miss the bus. That's what her sister and caregiver said, um, in terms of, um, and then she's afraid she's going to miss dinner. It's upsetting. Um, she gets too hot. She feels sick. She can't accommodate it. So we needed to the hours to be switched back to her, what she had had as her routine for 15 years, but Walmart refused to switch them back. Um, Uh, even though they were open 24 hours a day and had more than 300 employees. Um, And then they were fired. They took disciplinary action and fired her for absenteeism and tardiness. Um, And it's just really sad because she had been working there for 15 years, same routine. People liked her. She was getting pay raises, you know, all the positive um, things. And then that Walmart wouldn't accommodate um her needs, which were very minimal, just to basically keep her same hours. They were like, no, it has to be, you have to come until 5:30 instead of 4 p.m. So I mean the whole thing is so egregious. Um, and I guess the 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 final indignity is that the little guy, you know, this woman with Down syndrome, uh who won her court case against Walmart, is not being given the $125 million in damages. Um, She's being given 300,000 because that's the maximum apparently that can, that has to be paid out by big ass corporations. So it's disgusting. And, you know, why can't there be something in the middle too? I, I realize 125 million is a lot of money. So, you know, could, could we be giving someone, could we give her 50 million? You know, like, but you've got to be able to get the money at the end of your court case, $300,000, it feels like that barely will cover lawyers in this case. So I just feel like it's another instance of um, corporations getting to trample people and especially vulnerable populations of people who they could easily continue to accommodate. It's very frustrating. And so to Walmart, we fucking see you. <laughs>
0: That's who to thunk Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> Usually so well behaved. Ugh. Very infuriating. Um, good thing. Boo, boo 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 boo. Um, Britney, Britney Spears, of course, the Britney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she was able to get a new lawyer per her wishes, and Yay. that lawyer says that he is moving uh, aggressively and expeditiously to remove her father as conservator um so this is exciting it's i feel like the most movement um that she's had in a while i'm glad to see something came out of her testimony i'm glad to see things are moving forward it looks like um she potentially has a real path forward to freedom um from her father fucking having control over everything which is well deserved and very overdue hmm. So, yay.
1: Yay. And she seems like a little bit louder on social media in the best mm-hmm. way. <laughs> a little yeah. Bit unleashed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Before it's like people were like trying to be like, what does this mean? What does this string of emojis mean? But now she's just like kind of saying shit outright um, about how she she feels. So I'm here. I'm here for that, which makes you feel like was her other lawyer like stopping her from like, you know? Yeah. Or was this lawyer able to like change some rule or now she can kind of post what she wants i don't know but it's nice to see
1: it really is really is so fingers crossed for some some good news in terms of being freed from the conservatorship and then she can really fucking cut those people off
0: cut them yes so we're happy about this stay stay tuned y'all we will be we will be watching
1: (laughs) yeah well i think that that is it for us for this episode um Feminists Without Mystique is part of the Frolic. frolic, frolic. Who are we? <laughs> Who are we? Uh, Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Bye bye.